Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I have been trying weeks and weeks trying to get to talk to author Andrew Zimba, who's written a really spectacular book in this crazy world that he's built that I want to get all into it. But hi, Andrew. How are you today? Hi, Oki. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's great to finally speak. Yes, uh, yeah. long time coming. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you. I've been looking forward to it, and especially that you're in Texas, and you're not you're not that far from me, actually, like an hour, perhaps. So I think you're the closest author I've ever talked to so far. Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into your book. So, Andrew, can you please tell me the title of your book? Yeah, my book is a medieval fantasy, and it's called In Times of War, A Tale of Our Dalincourt. You know, medieval fantasy is such a fascinating world to me that's it's something that I don't really get too much into, but I'm really interested in this book, actually. I've been looking into it. Can you tell me what it's about? Yeah, it takes place in the country of Ardalancourt, and it starts with dropping the reader into the aftermath of a catastrophic event. The army of Ardalancourt has fought a major battle, and they've lost. And not only have they lost, part of their army has switched sides, and they've oh. joined the enemy invader. So the High Lord, it's like the king, uh, the High Lord of Ardalancor has fled with his life with few remaining soldiers. He's lost most of his army. Chapter one starts with a group of survivors, just common soldiers, rank and file, who've, who've run, who've fought their way out, have taken refuge in a forest. It opens up with uh, two characters basically saying, what the hell happened? And more importantly, kind of what do we do now? And there's other survivors in the forest as well. They're from different parts of society, different parts of the army. So there's there's tension amongst them, but they realize no one's coming to save them. No one's looking for them. There's just you know total yeah. disorder. Man, they, okay. Yeah, they've got they've got to fend for themselves. And it might be an easier thing in in other times where if you see somebody flying the same flag as you, you're like, well, they're probably on our side. But but now with the with the treason, with the rebellion, with part of the army switching sides. It's like, who do we trust? Right. Right. So having that, that mystery, that tension, I, I really like, in addition to the, the, the personal stories of, you know, what, what are these people going to do? It's multi-point of view. So then you also hear from the traders. They've had, they've had quite a oh, day. This has gone. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's gone very well for them. But they've also made a deal with the devil, so to speak, right? They've, in, they've invited in a foreign army who they're trying to use to their own advantage. Duke Potazar is the name of the, the head trader, so to speak. He would like to be the ruler of Ardalancourt. He's invited in this foreign army. He wants to rule Ardalancourt. He doesn't want to destroy it. So how do you take control of something, but do it as quickly as possible? And that's kind of what he's going through, his kind of strategic gambit of I'm working with these guys. I don't really trust them. They don't really trust me, but I have to use them to my own ends. And there's other things that haven't gone well for him, too. So he's kind of wrestling with how do I balance all these things in addition to pursuing his own kind of family and dynastic, uh, the dynastic dreams. I have so many questions, Andrew. This is so fascinating. This is so cool. So first, 
I love the fact that we get both sides of the story. You get the villain side as well. How was it writing going back and forth, shifting toward both sides of the of the novel here? I really like the the technique of you learn the full picture through multiple points of view. And you get a little bit here, a little bit there, but as the reader, you start to see the, the full picture, maybe some interpretation from different sides about what what took place. Um, the High Lord, High Lord Edelin is also another character. So you hear from his perspective what's, what's happened, uh, but you kind of stay close to a few characters early, kind of get grounded in the world, and then, and then it branches out. But telling that story from multiple points of view, it takes a lot of time to kind of stitch everything together and <laughs> what is said, what yeah. is said when and where. I really enjoyed that as a challenge to myself to, to be able to tell that story. Before we get more into the meat part of the story and into the characters, can I ask, how did this come about as far as you wanting to write about conflict like this? Reading uh, medieval fantasy, of course, there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be war or whatnot. What made you decide to do this story? Yeah, that's 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 an interesting story in and of itself. Uh, when, right. I was a kid, yeah. when I was a kid, I would look through atlases and read history books. And uh-huh. I, I wanted to write a book for probably 20 years. And I was thinking about writing historical fiction. But in addition to research, and I was trying to be very meticulous with research, but it was like, well, how much time do I want to put into this and availability of resources? That was kind of a, that was one piece. But I think uh-huh. what, I, what I learned later over, I wasn't writing for multiple years. It would kind of come in fits and starts. So for other other writers out there, just kind of the journey of keep going, you find your story, but also with writing historical fiction, if you're following one character, I, I found for me, it was like shoehorning in someone into a story that's already been told. And that was difficult for me. I love oh, history. Oh, yeah. Okay. Trying to fit someone in, you, you know where that person has to go. They have mm-hmm. to be point A and point B and point C. And I think that I realized that later as a challenge. I started playing D&D in 2014. People in my neighborhood really didn't play D&D. We played Monopoly and Risks. So I really didn't <laughs> know much of the game, but a friend of mine introduced me to it. The two characters you meet, Bambenic and Dronor, were D&D characters in the sense of they were just kind of an outline. They were more of like game mechanic. And as I was making yet another attempt to write the historical fiction, I thought, well, what if you told the story from a, a blank page? And what if these two characters were part of the story. So it's kind of through the love of history, of just kind of the human experience in multiple forms. It's it's obviously called in times of war, but that's a central focus right. of the story. But there's tender moments, there's friendship, loyalty, redemption. There's, there's other themes right. within the book. I certainly appreciate that because reading something like this, not only am I getting the whole world that you've built, it's not just intensity all the time there are breathers with like you said with maybe a little romance like reading about some really nice relationships and things like that was there a character that you really were attached to as far as writing his or her development in your story Um, whether the one side or the other was there one that you really enjoyed writing I, I have to say all of them, I think. Uh, I, in, in, in telling the story, it was, you know, this is really my my world to create. And 
part of writing multiple point of view was does each character because you're introducing multiple characters throughout throughout the book mm-hmm. does each of them have a compelling story right. that, that that goes beyond one chapter or it could be a standalone short story in and of itself not that each chapter is written in that way it's mm-hmm. not but if someone were to open up to this page could right. could those characters draw them in so i really tried to take that that care and attention with with each character some may have a shorter time in the book than others but at least to be memorable for the time that they're there and you know to have something that can connect them to the reader it was like me asking you to pick a favorite child, wasn't it? You're like, I can't pick a favorite child. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, I, I enjoyed the process. And, uh, you know, not every character, let's say, made it to the final version or ideas of characters oh. certainly change, right, through oh, the, through the gotcha. process. I, I kind of started with, Ardalancourt didn't exist. It was really taking Bambenic and Dronor as loose kind of game characters before mm-hmm. and say, well, where, who actually are they? Where are they from? Right. How would they know each other? I said, they probably don't know each other. And that's what kind of gave me the idea of the book of they don't know each other, but they're probably soldiers. So they probably met in the army. What happened? Right. In the army? They lost the battle. Right. And then kind of things went from there, but the world didn't exist beyond just, they had retreated to a forest. I had to build everything out from there. But I tried to make it in terms of their characters in a world. So I was writing, I was building at the same time. Sometimes I would have to stop writing to figure out how do things actually work and and how does the world, um, you know, it's kind of its internal logic and then go back to writing and kind of back and forth and back and forth. But I wanted it to feel like a real place. And these are characters from this world. I love the fact that me going into this book, I kind of know what to expect as far as as a realism of it that I don't doubt. Like, will this really happen in this world and things like that? I love how authors kind of round themselves or the writing part to make it a full experience for us readers. Um, And I always say things like you guys go through anguish or go through so many re-edits that we're the ones that tell you we read it in two days. So <laughs> could you go ahead and just make your next book, please? <laughs> we don't think about how it will take you months or whatnot. <laughs> but how long was this process for you when you were building this book? It was probably from conception of the idea to publishing it was probably five years. I need I need to write faster in general. I'm trying to work <laughs> on that. But it was kind of fits and starts with writing uh-huh. and putting it down for a while, coming back, editing, going through the whole self-publishing project management, you know, figuring it's, it's things out. It's a whole out. other job on its own. <laughs> it, it is. It is. There's definitely a lot of guides and tools out there. So I, I think it's, it's never been easier if people are thinking about it. There's still those elements of you don't know what you don't know. And your situation is a little unique just in terms of what you're trying to do relative to what here's you know, step one through whatever, right. one through 15, one through 20, depending on, I mean, it could be many more, it's, it's many more than that, but yeah, you learn on the, as you go and you're, you're wiser the next time around. So <laughs> with all this world building, are you done with it? It seems like we're so invested in these characters and how much you love writing about them. Are you continuing beyond this, beyond this first book? Yeah. I'm working on book two right now. The, the bulk of the world building is, is done in sense of the 
the geography and the the customs and mm-hmm. political systems and those kind of things. So that's that's helpful to have that as a, as a foundation to continue. But little nuances, character stories, where do things progress from mm-hmm. here? I've kind of surprised myself sometimes about different options for characters. I don't necessarily have an outline. I'm probably doing more outlining now. Oh, um, good. Thinking about, well, how would this carry in? If this is book two, how would it carry into book three or into book four? Potentially, maybe five books. We'll see that 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 might be quite some time out. But um, <laughs> I I enjoy also the process of what would these characters do next. You know, I can have certain ideas about how the story should progress, but there are a mm-hmm. few times where I have to pull myself back and say, no, this character in this moment, not that they do everything perfectly, right? That's right. kind of the beauty of the characters that they don't do everything perfectly, but they would do this like option a right they would go here Mm -hmm. wouldn't do this other thing so okay now you have to rethink how this fits together so that was kind of living the story so to speak being enmeshed in it versus writing from a strict outline and you know point a to point b but yeah so yeah so i guess long answer to to the question yes working on book two (laughs) hopefully beyond that as well oh i hope beyond that too because once once I'm sunk into this world, I want to know more. And there's something about reading about the villain side of the story too. You you kind of weirdly root for them and you kind of don't. But getting more and more of that, it, I think it's really fascinating. Me as a reader, certainly appreciate all those that do that. So within Times of War though, I mean, you've already told me a little bit about it. And besides just pure entertainment, what do you want people to get out of it in general? Relationships. Loyalty, friendship, going through tough times together, not giving up, seeing the different choices of, you know, people who the decision between to stay loyal or to betray. I don't try to write it as as black and white in terms of the reasons for Padazar and the rebellion. They have they meaning his his faction, those people in the south mm-hmm. southwest of the country, you know, they, they have grievances, too. And maybe those weren't recognized or as addressed as best they could have been by the powers in, in, in the capital, the powers that be. So it's not just good guy versus bad guy, mm-hmm. but you see that even if you have, you know, some, some complaints and some legitimate grievances, there's others who say you've gone too far and how have you tried to address it? How do you walk that back? Right. They're all, they're still part of the same country now they're basically having a civil war while there's this invasion going on. And how do you reconcile? Right? Can you forgive? Or is it kind of like, no, we have to beat you for this to be over? There's that. And just the personal stories, too, of you know, what are you willing to sacrifice to help somebody who maybe you've never met? I love that you get more than just really the fantasy part. You get a lot of relatable things from the characters so, Andrew, what else can you tell me about you as an author? I live here in Texas. Like I said, thought about writing a book for, for a long time from Minnesota originally, but Texas, Texas is, is home base now. But I guess just a word to other people who are writing, keep writing. You know, your timeline is your own timeline. I'm really glad I wrote this book when I did, you know, just kind of life experience. You learn more things that kind of inform your historical perspective or you know, those kind of things. So write at your own pace and you'll find the right story and just, uh, just keep going. And that's I really not that. about me though. That's probably not the, the answer. No, that was great. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of authors 
whether they've written six, seven books, you know, whether they've written their first debut novel, there's always a learning curve. And I love when others talk about it and just really be encouraging to each other. So, I mean, I'm glad you said what you said. So, Andrew, where can we get your book? Uh, best place is on Amazon, In Times of War, Tale of our Dalincore by Andrew Zimba. If you also want to check it out, I'm on Instagram at our Dalincore. Also, ourdalincore.com. Uh, there's the initial chapters of book one are posted there as well. So getting the book or checking it out. Uh, also on Instagram, I post world building tips, writing tips, uh, in addition to information about the book. But how has it been since you published your book? You know, word is getting out. Those who've read it have been very, very uh, positive about it. Uh, they're looking for book two. Some people, like you said, We're so I, read it, I, I, I read it in a few days. When is the next one available? Uh, work in progress. But, um, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a journey and word gets out there little by little and uh, readership continues to grow. So, you know, slowly but surely it's getting out there. And if people want to check it out, uh, ourdalincore.com or Instagram, see what it's about. And again, it's on, it's on Amazon as well. Well, I want to say thank you for coming by today and talking to me about this world you've created. And I love the fact that I get to read all parts of the conflict or all parts of the humanity in this, in this world. Um, any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? Okay. Just thanks again. Very oh, much. Appreciate the time and speaking. Thank you. With you. Really appreciate it. This is so neat. I like just hearing others talk about their craftsmanship really and your in the process but I hope you come back to talk to me when the second book comes out because once I get my hands on this book I am one of those people that's like is it coming out soon I know it's only been a month or whatever but we're ready for it but thank you Andrew I will talk to you next time that sounds great I would like that appreciate it thank you bye <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of tell me about your book Please continue to support indie elders and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.